millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. This is Paul Hawksby and this is the H&J Daily. Some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, Andy and I covered some ground based on last night's football and more. He also revealed some interesting stuff about his other half, which I hope you'll enjoy. <laughs> Not sure she will. Uh, Mark Smith, Derby fan and comedian, joined us uh, to look ahead to their game this evening and talk cardboard cutouts. We had Steve Bruce's murder mystery, Striker. We brought you some uh, clips of the midweek from back in March 2003, which started a little bit of a, uh, well, an argument's probably pushing it, but a difference of opinion with me and Andy, as you'll discover. And um, Tim Vickery was on very good form uh, today as well, telling us about the president uh, and uh, shock news from the world of Brazilian football. So here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Andy. And I'm afraid you are going to have to tell us what uh, your wife, Sue, (laughs) does do with um, kitchen roll. She's got to think. First of all, she doesn't like me even using it. She's got why to think is that? Well, you it. think it's, it's waste. She thinks it's wasteful. That's what yeah. it's there for, isn't it? To use as kitchen roll. And so it's not an I'll art installation, some. is it? <laughs> oh, really? I'll use some and I'll wipe it up and then I'll put it in the bin. And then I come out and come back and she's taking it out of the bin. And she's got a whole section in another cupboard of like secondhand kitchen rolls. She'll say, well, that's only been used a little bit. That one. I said, that's not really the point, is it? It's quite unhygienic. Wow, we. Especially at the moment. I mean, that's not, I mean, you should be, you should be chucking stuff in the bin, really. Also, it's a bit like Jack Russell with his tea bags, the old England wicketkeeper. Getting for she, a, she is, in fact, as mad as Jack Russell, the old really? England wicketkeeper. How, yeah. how long do you, how long can a roll of kitchen roll last? One big one in the Jacobs hat? Five years? <laughs> no, because I throw them all out. I do the opposite. I say, look, we can't keep all these old bits of yeah. kitchen roll. It's ridiculous. Honestly, woman, it's bonkers. Anyway, did you know? <laughs> I, know. I did. Sunderland know. is Britain's sexiest city. Well, well, we got Mickey Gray on later, so he can. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll put it to him. He can stand Still. that up for us if you know what I mean. <laughs> no, yeah, I meant I as, a fa- you... as, a fa- as a fact, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I suppose you've got to do something when the football's so bad, really. It's hardly surprising, <laughs> yeah. is it? Now, uh, I thought last night we had two good games, and I'm 
just thinking to myself, the players are getting fitter, sharper, and used to the situation. And they were too competitive. You almost forgot that there was no crowd there. You know, yeah. there were two terrific games. I mean, Chelsea are the entertainers, aren't they, this this season? Compared to last year, we're not as effective. I mean, last year we finished third and we won the Europa League. And this year we, you know... <laughs> a bit, a bit flaky, but much better to watch for the neutral, and much better to watch, oh, yeah. I think, for Chelsea fans. It, it's been a fun season. It's been a bit up and down, but it has been fun. Remember yesterday, I was telling you about the uh, funeral director that uh, stands in the queue at uh, outside Marks and Spencer's on a Saturday morning. He's a big Chelsea yeah. fan. We're having a chat, and he said to me, "I, I can't stand Pulisic." So I wonder if he still thinks Pulisic is rubbish. What a goal that was! <laughs> well, we're gonna we're gonna cross to the states a little bit later on, because um, of course he's a, a US international um, and to talk about him and the way he seems to have come alive after the restart and also the fact that the MLS is is going to return as a tournament and you aware of this like a kind of World no. Cup mini in August it's coming back as a, oh, right. as a kind of concentrate all the players going to be in a bit of a bubble and they will play the, the remaining season at one team and not playing uh, we will explain why uh, Ooh, a little that's bit all later on, stuff, but yeah, yeah we'll, we'll find out how that's going to return so uh, yeah then where, where do you stand on Kepper, do you think you need a bit of a change of keeper? They were talking about him on breakfast this morning, and Kepa the Turnbull. feeling was he should have stopped that one, really. Kepper Turnbull, we call it. <laughs> Honestly, it's on target. Now, to be fair to him, the save at the end of the match, you know, was. Uh, he got you the points. He earned the points. He pushed it on the, the points. It's just watching. Along with Kurt Zuma, which we should say, what a tackle. Oh, what a yeah. great tackle. Yeah. But it, when I'm watching, um, when um, Courtois left Chelsea, it was a thought that Chelsea might go for Schmeichel. And you think Casper Schmeichel, and you think, yeah. And when you watched yeah, him last not night, Peter. No, not Peter, we are with you. <laughs> yeah, I know. When, when you watched him last night, mate, those four great saves, yeah. I think, oh, what a difference there is. His arms are so strong. Kepa's so flimsy. He's, a, he's athletic, Kepa. He's a good, makes some great saves. But yeah. he isn't that solid thing that Peter, Sh- uh, Peter Kasper Schmeichel, I'm confused yeah. now, Kasper Schmeichel is. And I think that that's what they're lacking. I mean, you know, what they'll do, it's different. They made a £70 million investment and it's quite difficult to get rid of him, isn't it, really? There is but some talk uh, of uh, Anana, isn't there, from... Um from Ajax, mm. there's been a bit. He's a very good keeper, so there's been a bit, a bit of talk good, about. Yeah, if you want solid, that solid. He's a big strong oh yeah, keeper no, he's, he's, and uh, he's excellent. Great no shot stopper, very good keeper. Yeah. Now you know we've heard a lot about. Um, you know, sports come back, but we've heard a lot from our friends, the comedians and theatres and, you know, how difficult it is for the performing arts in this current situation. And so the National Theatre have been streaming performances, famous performances, like One Man, Two Governors, James Corden. Yeah. Beautifully filmed. And I've watched a couple, and then, Andy. I've, yeah. I've watched a couple. You could, you could donate um, around that's it. That's right. So, yeah, that's what Do you know what the doing. average donation has been from people watching this thing? No. 20, 20 pence. No. It's great, isn't it? I know. Oh, I'm so concerned about the future of British theatres. Have 20p. That's 20 ridiculous. Pe- 20p? 20 pence. That is the average. So wow. it means a lot of people probably like you contribute a reasonable amount, and other people are just watching it for nothing. Otherwise, ours, no one's actually going to give 20p, are they? Really? I'm, a bit put out that I'm a bit put out that I gave 50p now, really. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I feel like you know I, I put a bit too much back into the arts, but uh, no, I, I think you did really. I did. Uh, I did. Wa- I did watch a couple. I watched This House again. The James Graham uh, who wrote a quiz recently and stuff. Sensational. Oh, yeah, that's very good. I saw that. I saw that. He's, he's very good. And I watched oh, a bit of Shakespeare. Was... I had a bit of Culture one night. And, did you? Uh, oh, I watched uh, Watched Twelfth Night. Don't you know? Oh yeah. 
Oh, yeah. well, put a smoking go, jacket so. on and settled down. There was no football <laughs> on, was there? But uh, no, was very, they, were, they were very, very good. They're very good. <laughs> and I watched, uh, I watched Frankenstein as well with uh, the boy Cumberbatch and Johnny Lee Miller. That was sensational. So, yeah, they had, they've had a good 60 pence out of me, I tell you. <laughs> National <laughs> Theatre. <laughs> It's <laughs> pretty. Yeah, we should have a bit of a string quartet playing under that. <laughs> Usain Bolt, have you seen this? He's uh, he's given his new baby a pun for a name. I mean, it's quite funny, really. He's called a lightning bolt. So yeah. you know, fair enough. Really. But it's like you having a child and calling it Eyes Like a Eyes Like a Hawk's Do you know what I mean? yeah. It's quite odd to give a child a pun. That's perhaps something I might yeah. have thought of doing, but I didn't. Well, so, they uh, shorten it to. I was thinking that. What are they going to shorten it to? It's great for Jake Bug, isn't it? They'll, they'll be playing that at the christening, won't they? Really? So. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one, of his, one of his true. songs, Andy. I was, uh, mm. used it for an advert, you may recall. Yeah, I'm not, uh, so anyway, not familiar with um, Bug and his work, I'm afraid. The boy Bug. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. The TalkSport Clips of the Week. <laughs> well, I say we are. Um, yeah, hang on, hang on a minute. We'll play the music been, again. <laughs> We've been rudely interrupted by the cricket because uh, I do believe there has been a wicket. Uh, and I'm just checking that we can now go to John Norman for details of that. Is that the case? Yes, we can. John. Only me, guys. Sorry to ruin the party. Uh, England have lost a wicket without even scoring a run. Um, in the news bulletin, I was just telling you how uh, Kimar Roach had got one to nip into the left-handed Rory Burns. Burns shouldering arms. Big appeal for a leg before wicket. Ball would have hit the stumps. If the umpire's finger had gone up, as maybe it should have done, uh, he would have gone the Surrey man. Burns is still there, but it's the former Surrey man, Dominic Sibley, who's done the same thing. The right-hander this time to Shannon Gabriel, and he has seen off-stump pinged back. So, Sibley goes for a duck, England crickets back, and England are naught for one. Same as it ever was. That was pathetic by Sibley. He played three (laughs) shots. He didn't offer a shot at anyone. The first two, he was nearly LBW, and the second one, he was bold. I mean, you've got a bat in your hand, mate. Why don't you use it? For goodness sake. It's great to have cricket back and you going a bit psychotic on England's cricketers. Oh, it's, uh, it, it, it's great. It's, that's one of the best things about it. That, that and Chelsea losing. If we're not, from, not generally, I meant uh, from an entertainment point of view, were you on the show? Anyway, classic clips uh, of the midweek. These are from 2003, this pile of old mini discs. We thought we'd bring you a little set uh, once a week on the show. We'll have some regular clips for you on Friday. And we begin with Alan Brazil. Now, let's say a very good morning to 24 minutes past seven here in the UK. <laughs> very good morning to 24 minutes past. I must say a, a very good morning to 8.15. And uh, later on, I'll be saying very good morning to 9.32. It's That's great. a great clip. Yeah. <laughs> Staying with Alan, here he is introducing a guest. Okay, now from Malaga, we're crossing over to Hollywood. The Oscars on, off. We'll find out our girl, Richard, uh, <laughs> Rachel Richard. Rachel Richards, uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, this is uh, South African cricket expert Neil Manthorpe on The Breakfast Show with Big Al and Mike Parry. Uh, remember, at the, right at the beginning of the World Cup, he uh, issued a statement along with Flower. Morning. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Wow, Andy. So this is a bit of a long setup, so take it away. 
I will. Here's a blast from the past. It's Gerald Harper and his show Champagne and Roses. Oh, yeah. Gerald was a distinguished actor who used to tell showbiz anecdotes interspersed with records by Frank Sinatra or Dean Martin. What's that got to do with sport, you might ask? And it's a good question. Anyway, here he is one Saturday night during his show. Wow, what a voice. I mean, what a voice, Dinah Shaw. And what about that beautiful little trumpet popping away in the middle? Dinah Shaw, I got it bad. That ain't good. Here's a song. Okay. <laughs> he was a lovely bloke, Gerald. It was. We had some very interesting programming, didn't we, on TalkSport uh, back on the day. You may recall... My- the, the the late great Mike Dickin was asked to pr- present a, a kind of two way family favourites for people of a certain age. This was reaching out, reaching out yeah. to service uh, people uh, yeah. overseas and uh, to people in Germany and different parts of the world where they were serving, and they called it touching base. And of course, we did we did wonder um, what about. What about, the, what about the what about the you know, also the religious you know, one? The, a religious version version of that called touching cloth, which we never did, which we never did. Sadly, this is this is uh, Tony Cascarino, who used to present a show with Patrick Kinghorn, and Patrick had obviously made a big impact on Cass. Well, it just says here. It was just a little quote from the the Racing Post. It says, "Not even a bungee jump could silence at the races betting analyst Peter Kinghorn." Uh, Patrick, Peter? Uh, Patrick. <laughs> Good old Pete Kinghorn. Sounds like an old jazz saxophonist. Uh, saxophonist. I'm, I'm doing exactly. clips as I go. You're a saxophonist. Anyway, Andy, keep broadcasting. He's sticking with uh, Patrick Stroke Peter. Here he is talking about Sir Alex Ferguson. They're looking forward to the matches and the men were strong. United's top boss there, courtesy of Sky Sports Jews. Sky Sports Jews. That's my new show with Eric Hall and Maureen Lippman. Is that wait. right? Marvellous. Um, back to Big Al and Mr. Parry taking a call. Let's yeah. go to Sheffield and Ard. Ard, morning. Good morning. Hi, man. Yeah, hi, Ard. I'm fine. Yeah, I don't think Beckham Ard, excuse go. me, just before we go on. Are you I well, Ard? I was, was going to say, you don't suppose your first name's well, is it? No. Right, go on, Ard. Oh, he's not, he's not heard that one before, oh, has go he? On. Yeah, go on. Right, Ard, please, go on. Yeah, I don't think Beckham would go. Yeah, <laughs> just wants to make his point. Poor old Ard. Ard. Yeah. Now, we all know Alan Brazil has been obsessed by a particular road in the Midlands for many years. Did you A1 it all the way home? No, I didn't, actually. I, I, went, I went down the um, M1, M6, and then I cut across this new road, which is excellent. If you don't know, it's the A50 at Junction 16. It goes from Stoke on the M6 right to past Derby on the M1. And then you go down the M1 a bit, and then you cut across an A14. It's brilliant. It cuts out Birmingham. It's excellent. How are you, Rob? You okay? Good weekend? You're not too bad, mate. I'm down at St. George's Park doing my MEA license. Oh, lovely. I passed it the other day. I didn't realise it's just off that A50, isn't it? Um, Yes, that's the one, mate. (laughs) Not altogether sure, of course. (laughs) Alan was obsessed with the A50, wasn't he, really? But then they put the toll road in. But it's just, it was, I wonder if he just got a little hate mail from Birmingham because he says it, it's great. It cuts yeah. out Birmingham. It's great. Yeah, exactly. He didn't see Fort Dunlop for 10 years, Alan. Anyway, yes, the good old A50. Well, it seems uh, like the travel presenters actually started taking advice from him. 
Now, there is an alternative route suggested. You can head by the A34 and the A449 through Stafford Town Centre, so expect delays through the town centre. But long-distance north-south travellers use the A50 between Stoke-on-Trent and the M1 junctions 24 and head through Derbyshire. <laughs> oh, don't you start. <laughs> really? What's next, Andy? <laughs> it's Keith Arthur, <clears throat> excuse me, on Fisherman's Blues, taking a call. Bring back Stavros. Uh, let's go to another st- Stephen, hello, mate. Morning, how are you doing? I'm very good indeed, thank you. How are you? I'm absolutely fine. Up a little bit early, but I'm doing fine. What's your name? Keith. Keith, I'm Paul. Oh, you're... P- I'm you... Paul, but get called... Stephen is my setting name, but I tell the guy, my name is Stephen, but I like to get called Paul sometimes. Yeah, kind of lost interest there you at know, some point. You know who that is, don't you? You know who, who? that voice is. Who is He's it? no finish. He's only 28. That's definitely no, him. No. <laughs> I'm telling you, you had absolutely... Course it. Never. Never right, in a million we'll years. We'll ask Just the production team to line them up together. I'm telling you, that's him. Random Scottish <laughs> bloke. That's all it no, was. No, it's him. <laughs> no, n- never. Uh, this is uh, <clears throat> this is Nigel Botherway uh, talking to a caller who was clearly fascinated by his story. What do you reckon happened to me? You go to bed last night. First show I've done for a while, so I set the alarm at quarter five. You have all those anxiety dreams about oversleeping, missing the show and all that. Two o'clock, I'll wake up, literally nearly hit the roof... A wasp stung me right on the ear, would you believe? Well, that's incredible. <laughs> well, sort of. <laughs> it's not that incredible. <laughs> then you make that TV show, it's that's quite, incredible. <laughs> it's quite funny. So anyway, what's, what's, well, uh, what's next? Not for then? Nigel. And finally, it's Keith Arthur handing over to Mr Parry at the end of Fisherman's Blues. The ultimate destiny of the Premiership. The ultimate destiny of the FA Cup. The ultimate destiny of sport is happening this weekend. And the man who will be discussing the ultimate destiny of many things between 8 and 12 with his colleague, Alan Brazil, is Mike Perry. Now. You're Remember absolutely that? right, Keith. Destiny, one of my favourite programmes of all time. Rates alongside Dallas... Uh, sorry, Des- <laughs> Dun- Destiny. Sorry. Dynasty. Dynasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> there we are. His favourite <laughs> programme, Destiny. destiny. We better crack on. Uh, so we'll bring okay. you some more of those old clips uh, from the sort of early 2000s at the same time next week. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Let's look ahead to a very interesting game in the championship tonight between West Brom and Derby County with Cardiff losing last night. Have you seen the Adam Armstrong goal, Andy? Fantastic no, I haven't goal seen last night, the Blackburn the mm. winner. Um, and which means Cardiff are on 64, Derby are on 61, just outside the playoff places. And of course, West Brom, uh, with Brentford going so well, just a couple of points ahead of them in the automatic promotion slot. So it's it's all delicately poised. It should be a cracker. And uh, joining us now to chat about that, a man we often turn to on Derby County, comedian and Derby fan, Mark Smith. Good afternoon, Mark. Uh, afternoon, gentlemen. How are you? Good, thank Good you. Thanks. Yes, yes. It's, it's 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 very very exciting there at the top as it often is in the championship, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I mean, I thought this season we might have a, a year without me having anxiety all year because I thought we were going to finish <laughs> between tenth and fourteenth or somewhere around there. But instead, we've decided to put in a shift since Christmas, and now I'm worried again, and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> They've really hung in there, haven't they? And and Wayne Rooney, he seems to have made a huge difference. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, we spoke about uh, Rooney, I think maybe the day he signed, and we spoke again, I think, before he started his first game in January. And I think at the time I said that we'd be happy with him just being at the club. I think he's good for the young players. I think he's good for um, the commercial side of the club. I don't think 
I ever could have seen him be so important on the pitch. I mean, he's transformed the way we've played since since he's been in. In fact, since he's been there, since January the 1st, I think his first game was, um, we're, we're top of the league. We're top of the form table since then. So that just shows you what a turnaround it's been. We've gone from 17th um, in form to uh, to top. And I think there's, there's lots of other factors in there, but I think Wayne Rooney is a huge contributor to that. Yeah. Who else has impressed you then in the team? Who, who have you been really pleased with since the restart? Um, well, I mean, we've got, I don't want to sound like too hyperbolic, but I think we've got probably the best young batch of players we've had for a long time at that club. Um, I'm looking at Max Bird, Louis Sibley in particular. Uh, Jason Knight's looked very good as well. But Sibley and Bird in the middle of midfield with Wayne Rooney. Um, I mean, certainly Rooney's coaching him through these games to a certain extent, but just the, the ability that these young lads have got. I mean, they're 18. The ability is unbelievable. Max Bird is is sort of a holding midfielder. And if you were watching the Derby games on a sort of you know an old grainy 1990s TV, and you couldn't make out how young he was, you'd have thought this guy had, you know, 10 years of Premier League experience. He's so calm on the ball. You'd think he'd have 60 caps for maybe not England, but Republic of Ireland, let's say. And uh, he just looks unbelievable. And then Louis Sibley on the on the uh, more attacking side of central midfield scores a hat trick at Millwall. Just looks like a fantastic player. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I'm doing it again. I'm doing what I do with England at tournaments. I think we can do it at some point. Don't know when it's going to be, but we've got we've got some great young players coming through, and it's, it's it is really exciting. The margins are so tight, aren't they? There's only what well, there's only five games left for you and four for everybody else. So, you know, you, you basically can't afford to slip up. And, uh, and the same for Albion, though they can't afford to slip up either. And they're coming off the back of a couple of wins, but they did lose at Brentford. I, I watched that game. I wasn't massively impressed with them that day. So, what are you, what have you made of Albion so far this season? Yeah, I sort of agree, really. I, I mean, Brentford are probably the most fun team to watch in this division. They're they're really exciting, really great going forward. They're just a yeah, they're just a, a really good side. So I'm, I don't think it's too much of an issue for West Brom to lose that one. But it's funny, isn't it? I mean, it wasn't long ago you look at the top of that table and you'd be like, well, Leeds and West Brom definitely going up automatically. But the league is such that things can change so quickly and all of a sudden, yeah, the the gap is the gap is narrowing. Uh, West Brom I think have been an excellent side all season. They were good last season. So, well, they had good moments last season, at least. Um, but we we probably had our best result of the season last year at, at West Brom. Uh, I think we beat them 3-1 or 3-0. And I'm not saying it's going to happen tonight, but you never know. You know, we, we, could, we could turn up. I feel as though the, the, the lack of fans at stadiums has, has lent itself to the more technical teams um, doing well, you know, without that extra push that a home crowd can give you. Now, I'm not saying West Brom aren't a technical side, but Derby certainly are at the minute, and I think that that, that might give us a bit of an edge. But as I said at the start, look, I, I don't think we're going to get playoffs, um, oh, okay. and I think the fact that we've our final six games of the season we're playing five of the top six, mm. um, so that you know that that shows you that we've got a bit of a mountain to climb. I don't think we'll get it, but hopefully, now I've said that, um, I'll, I'm wrong on everything else, so hopefully I'll be wrong on that as well. <laughs> yeah, but, but when you're playing those teams, then it's in your hands, and if you beat those teams, then you're a fantastic yes. advantage. Obviously, if you lose to them, then you're probably out of it. But, uh, See, that's yeah, positive thinking, though. I don't have well, that. Well, no. Yeah. <laughs> like well, all you been, I'm a Derby fan. <laughs> yeah. What have you been up to? We haven't spoken to you in lockdown. How have you been passing your time? <laughs> Oh God! I mean, <laughs> do you want to talk about this? Yeah, well, only if you want. Have you to, been you doing any have, online not, gigs not, at all, Mark? Have you, have you gone down that route? No, not really. I've been I've been doing a lot of uh, writing and, and bits away from uh, 
you know, away from the live circuit, essentially, because oh, this okay. just does, doesn't exist and might not exist for a while. Um, but I've, I've got a little boy, he's 18 months, so I've been spending a lot of the time just uh, uh, with him and try not to ruin his life as early as possible. <laughs> <laughs> and we noticed last night, Reading, uh, the, uh, Elvis was in attendance at the, at the, at the Madstad last night. He's uh, Somebody at Reading has decided not to put themselves on one of the cardboard cutouts, but to put... Uh, <laughs> Put the king of rock and roll there, Elvis. Was, yeah, no, he was uh, a big was, fan of Reading, actually. He didn't was like, he a Reading yeah. fan? I never knew. Yeah. That. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would ask now for some some pun based uh, Reading player or club related Elvis songs, but I just haven't got the heart. I can't for think it. of any at all. I cannot. No, I, uh, unless I had a player called Alan Lonesome, I'm really struggling at the moment. And I don't. I don't think anybody's ever had a player called Alan Lonesome, have they? So well, they've got uh, yeah, Pele, haven't they? They might. They might have. Yeah, that's, yeah, they did have a, it's, it's a bit of a bad cutout, really. He's, he's only looking, he's not looking straight on. He's kind of looking, he's looking slightly to his right. So he's only really seeing one half of the game, Elvis. So he's obviously... When, when I went last time to my parents' house in, uh, oh. in Derby, um, I wasn't told this, but the, my dad had decided, in what I assume is his midlife crisis, I'm not completely sure, but he decided to put a, a, a life-size Elvis figure in the spare room. Oh, so okay. I went in there, not <laughs> expecting it, <laughs> turning the lights on, and just nearly losing, just losing everything. <laughs> is, he, is he a fan? I mean, is he a, is he a big fan? Or was well, this it is the just... thing? Not really. <laughs> Certainly not not enough to buy a life size figurine of Elvis. Is it like a, it's not like a waxwork? Is it a cardboard cutout or no? No, no. It is like a waxwork. It's like really? it's like a proper. It is the sort of thing that is, uh, I've been, I I think about late at night. It keeps me awake. Terrifying that it exists, and more so that my dad decided to buy it. He paid money for it. Is it? Is it? Uh, in what is it? Elvis? Is it the kind of Vegas years, or is it come back special? Vegas Elvis, yeah. Oh, very, very it's much Vegas, Vegas. with the sort of um, all in white uh, with wow. a cape. <laughs> I mean, uh, you should put it in the window. He should put it in his front window. I mean, that would be quite a talking point, wouldn't it? Really, I would think. Just, uh, yeah, just if, if he wants to sort of make sure he's in sort of personal lockdown for longer when no one talks to him, then yes. <laughs> just to have it standing there would would be uh, fantastic, I think. So well, that's, uh, well, they could do this for the for the games, couldn't they? Cardboard cutouts are all well and good, but why not have proper three dimensional waxworks? I mean, Madame well, Tussauds we, is, is not much at the minute. That's, well, that's true. true. I mean, it would, that would all that, that wouldn't that be great? I mean, all those ones that they've, maybe they've taken yeah. out. So pe- people that were celebrities back in the day. That they, yeah. they 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 can't use anymore. That would be great. Just to have a kind of maybe some old people from like sort of Henry the Seventh sitting there next to Christopher. Or, or Bain, I, I, went, I went game. behind the, the scenes with there once. Great celebrities. Yeah, that's oh, yeah. it. Oh well, yeah, the Jeff, Chamber of I, Horrors used I, to have I, some I, fairly troubling people in there. That's true. I had the opportunity to visit there behind the scenes. I can't remember why, but I did. And uh, what, Madame Tussauds, was, really? Madame Tussauds. And I remember Jeff Boycott's head was on a shelf. I don't forget. Really? That. I thought you were going to say on a pole. <laughs> should, have been, should have been in a corridor already, but there you go. What yeah, are you going to do? They should, they should have put it there. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Now, as you're aware, Andy, uh, Eddie Hearn yeah. is hoping to put on some big fights in his uh, back garden in, in Brentwood in Essex. Mm. And there was a few people, uh, there were seven complaints, apparently, uh, apparently from the, the locals. <laughs> from the neighbours. Yeah, <laughs> seven people, the local Keep council. Keep down. <laughs> yeah. Thumping. <laughs> but apparently, um, the local authority there have said um, the event doesn't need any permissions. There's no audience will be present. 
So it, it does suggest that you can do whatever you like in your. You can put on any event you like in your own garden, as long as there's no one there watching it. You could have. I don't know, you could have the World Javelin Championships there or something. Or, yeah. Four by 100 metre relay. I've got a garden, but I'm not going to let that get in my in the way. Yeah. <laughs> Full game of football, whatever you like. But as long as nobody oh, comes to watch, you can put on anything in your garden with it, without yeah, it issue. Sound, yeah. It does sound good, actually. Um, I enjoy, honestly, these letters that to the newspaper. I know I'm obsessed with them, but this one is fantastic. It comes from a bloke called Mr. T. But not spelt that way, spelt T-E-A. Okay. He says in... But in big capital, so he's shouting, who the hell would pay 65 grand for an Elton John coin? Total madness. Well, not really. It's a kilo of gold. It's quite a good investment, I suggest, really. Is it? Are you it's not like you're buying... Oh, yeah, gold. You're going to go for Andy? Gold. You're well, gonna, if, I, if I had a spare 65 grand, I think I might. Andy Jacobs, you can't go wrong with gold. His new series. Fantastic. <laughs> well, true. Yeah. <laughs> Take a look at it. It's definitely true. And uh, the Antiques Roadshow is going to go on even if the public are no longer invited. There's a story in the Times today. How's that going to work? How's that yeah. going to work at all, is it? I mean, the whole point of the show is people bring along their stuff. Expert looks at it says, oh, well, that's worth 20 grand. Oh, I didn't think it would be only worth 20 grand. No, that's I, the whole point of I it. I think they it? mean the kind of... Uh, Later with Jules Holland, melee of people behind the person who is shocked when their antique clock is worth 20 grand or 45 pence. And they looked, but I think, still think the person doing the selling or sorry, doing the valuing or the person having the they'll item be value, there? Says, they'll be there. They'll be, well, they, they, they bring their <laughs> clock along, you disinfect it, I'll probably take, uh, yeah, <laughs> stick it there. They stand two meters or a meter plus away, whatever it is at the moment. I don't think so. I think, they, I you, think you just send your stuff along and then they appraise it. No, you've got, have, that's it. you've got to have that crushing disappointment when they say, well, it's actually a reproduction. <laughs> and I'd say I'd work, value it at it? 200 quid, and they're thinking, blimey, I paid five grand for that auction. <laughs> but you still want that. But what you don't need, yeah. you don't need all the old deers going, ooh, when, when it's worth a few quid. You know, you could probably live without that. <laughs> it's true. And we both picked up on this one. I mean, it's from Martin Lipton's excellent Connolly writes each week in The Sun. But this one, we didn't understand what happened here. It says, this is how the story reads. Boffins in Japan have developed a way for fan cheers to be heard, even if they're miles away from closed-door grounds. Their support is blasted out at stadiums using Yamaha's remote technology. But surely, all the people who are making the noise, they're in another stadium. They might as well be in that stadium. There's no point them. What's the point? I couldn't work that out at all. Ring so Yamaha. We we'll ring Yamaha later on. Anyway, uh, Steve <laughs> Bruce's striker now, episode seventy-one. This is Steve Bruce's murder mystery uh, novel. Striker, one of three, he wrote in the late nineties when he played at Manchester United. No, really, seriously, he did. The Newcastle manager. And uh, we pick it up now that it's, we're coming towards the end, a thrilling climax of the book. The Lettersford cool. Town manager Steve Barnes is on his way back to the training ground to prepare for the promotion six-pointer with Fulton. <laughs> On the way back over the Pennines, listen to the radio. Talk sport, hopefully. In Leddesford, someone had broken into the territorial armoury and stolen a number of weapons, including two high-velocity rifles and some ammunition. Terrorist groups were the suspects, and the police were following their lines of inquiry. There was no mention of the item I wanted to hear, that I'd been cleared of all suspicion of Pat Duffy's death. I arrived at the stadium well before anyone else, even Julie. She arrived at about the same time as the Royal Mail van, bringing our post. We have a few sacks of mail every day. One letter was from Pat Duffy's parents, asking when their son's body would be released for burial. That was a matter for the coroner, of course. Nevertheless, I 
dictated a short letter of explanation. You look tired, Steve, Julie said. I told her the events of the night. Someone's out to get you, she said. You should have stayed at home. There's the game with Fulton tomorrow. It's important. Not more important than your safety, Steve. Nothing's more important than a person's life. I had to come in. It was that or go mad. If nothing else, I shall sleep like a baby tonight. Getting a good night's sleep before a crucial game isn't always easy, so it would be well for me to return home later in the day, dog-tired. I worked the squad for a long time. We usually quit at about one o'clock, but I kept them hard at it until two in the afternoon. There was hardly any let-up. I decided on a 4-4-2 strategy. Eddie Carberry questioned this. Are you playing Jimmy? he asked. No way, I replied. Then why the two strikers up front? Because Fulton's two central defenders are getting on a bit. So's Arsenal's defence, Eddie sneered. But they do well enough. Go, you can tell this was written in 1999, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's suddenly become all about the tactics, this book. The murder's uh, on the back burner. But Pat, uh, Pat Duffy's parents' letter made no sense. What was the point of writing to Steve and asking about when the body's going to be released? He wouldn't know, would he? It's a, well, it's one for the coroner, of course, as Steve quite <laughs> rightly pointed out. Absolutely. Uh, so there's Ian Danter brilliantly bringing that to life as uh, Steve Bruce. There may be a slight twist in the tale. Yeah. We can say no more at the moment. but uh, He hasn't done it. Stick with us. As shouty Steve, yeah. He hasn't a shouty new boom mic shouty interview, Steve. No, he hasn't. No, he's that's, still, that's, still <laughs> that's a difficult technique to pull off, but I'm sure he'll give it a go. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Time to head then to Rio and catch up with our man and World Soccer's man over there, Tim Vickery. Good afternoon, Tim. Afternoon, gentlemen. I think you're supposed to say Millwall, aren't you? Not Millwall. 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 It's, which Millwall. is quite hard to do unless you're unless you're from the area. It's quite hard to to, to put the, the the stress on a second syllable, isn't it? Millwall. Yeah. I've, I've often struggled. That's true. I'm, I'm yeah, North that's London. True. That's the problem. It doesn't come naturally to me. Um, the president Bolsonaro. We've talked a lot about him over the last few weeks. As some games have returned to different states around uh, Brazil, but uh, we discovered yesterday that uh, he has the virus. He tested positive. Indeed, and he goes along his merry way. Uh, he, uh, he told uh, told the press that uh, he tested positive, and before he did so, he took off his mask. What are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with this fella? Spraying oh, them, contaminating, contaminating them all. Um, he's, he says he's feeling fine. Uh, now, back on March the 22nd, Hmm. He predicted that the, 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 the total death toll for coronavirus in Brazil would not exceed 800. We are now, today, we're going to go over 67,000. Uh, and it hasn't, it hasn't changed his thoughts on the matter at all. I don't think contracting the virus has changed his thoughts on the matter at all. The, the, the kind of metaphor that he used yesterday was, uh, well, it's like rain. It's going to, you know, some of us are just going to get rained on. He doesn't seem to understand that it's not like rain. It's like it, it, it would be like rain if you no, know, I collected a bucket of rainwater and threw it all over two or three people, and in, in, and he doesn't seem to realise that one person contaminates another. And his message to young people yesterday was, well, if you get it, you've got nothing to worry about. But that's not really the point, is it? The point is how many people they're going to infect, and it's because of this thinking that the death toll in Brazil is the second highest in the world, and there's no sign of it stopping. Wow, we. Yeah. And presumably no sign of football coming back, or, or is it? 
Well, football has returned in Rio, um, it's, which is uh, it's the second most affected uh, place in Brazil. And the, of that 67,000 deaths, more than 10,000 have come in Rio. So it, it, it's bizarre that football is back in Rio. It's back in another state today, Santa Catarina. That's the second, that's in the south, which has been less affected. So it's gradually coming back. Lots of things have kind of been opening up. Um, even though they haven't brought the virus under control at all. And there's a little story that exempli... And if you want to know Brazil 2020, sit down, brew yourself a cup or something, and I'll tell you this little story. Because here in Rio, the bars reopened, and uh, there was a huge you know, agglomeration of idiots. And uh, the health inspectors were going around trying to, trying to you know, tell people that this wasn't very wise. And there was this couple, uh, and... Uh, uh, the, the health inspector said, said, said to them, you know, like, like, I'm asking you as, as a citizen not to be part of these, these agglomerations. And the woman in this couple just went berserk with him. She said, no, I'm not a citizen, not a citizen, civil engineer, graduated. I'm better than you. Now, to her, uh, you know, it, it's just unbelievable. But that's it. it tells you so much about Brazil and its lack of collective sense and why we're in the situation that we're in now. To her enormous misfortune, um, th this, was all, this was all on TV in front of a massive audience, so she's got sacked. Uh, and uh, surprise, surprise, her and her husband are, are fervent Bolsonaro supporters. But it's that kind of mentality which helps explain why the death toll in Brazil is, is the second highest in the world. Wowee. Uh, under the football and uh, iconic since the early 50s, you say that there's a campaign to ditch Brazil's yellow shirt. Really? And it's all to do with, with Bolsonaro again. All roads lead. He is the Rome of the modern world. Um, because his supporters, uh, they've, they've kind of taken over the yellow shirt. All of the rallies that they have, you know, they're all there decked out in yellow. It, it, and it's something that and, and that right-wing politics tends to do everywhere. It tends to kind of, it, it wants to, to grab a hold on, on, on patriotism. Um, and with the direction that Brazil is taking, some people are revolted by this and saying that the yellow shirt is now so identified with this new extreme right that it's become irredeemable and we should ditch it. We should go back to uh, the old white shirt that Brazil used to wear from their first ever game against Exeter City in 1914 to that defeat against Uruguay in the, in the, in the effectively the final of the World Cup in 1950. Um, so there, there's uh, some journalists and artists trying to lead a campaign to get Brazil to ditch the yellow shirt. Many others think this is absurd. You know, others who ha have no time for Bolsonaro are arguing, well, why should we let him and them yeah. steal a symbol that belongs to to us all i suspect mm. this will blow over but there's no doubt about it that 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 shirt in the eyes of some that yellow shirt has now been tainted and finally tim a bit of transfer news you say watford are interested in another south american player bids in as i understand yeah um he's a, a center back from santos he's called lucas verissimo uh, 25, which is a little bit old to cross the Atlantic these days, but I've always been surprised he hasn't gone before. And that the centre-backs in, in Brazil and in South America generally, they can often really struggle straight into Europe because they're, they're quite often slow and they're used to defending very deep. Verissimo is quicker. 
He can defend higher. He played last year under under the the, the leading Andy Jacobs lookalike, Jorge Sampaoli, the Argentine, <laughs> who defends with a very high line, and he he did well there. And I think he's a he's he wouldn't be money wasted. I think there's, I'm surprised he hasn't got a Brazil call up. The fee isn't that much. It's something like six and a half million quid in three installments. Work permit might be a problem, and it's being speculated that if uh, and Santos need to sell, they need they need to balance the books. But if it goes through, it's been it's been speculated in Brazil. That uh, you know, it's part of the the the, the group of, of of clubs that Watford are a part of. He may well end up in uh, in in Italy with Udinese rather than Watford. But if he does go to Watford, I think he'll be money reasonably well spent. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Now, earlier on, we played you some clips from back in 2003. And there was a clip in there that uh, Andy was sure was the same person who was in the infamous <laughs> anti-Namey clip um, with Arthur Alberston. Um, so we said we'd play the clips back to back. I wasn't having it, but Andy was, I thought it was just a random Scottish bloke. But uh, we'll find out. Let's, let's play the clip that we played earlier on first. Bring back Stavros. Uh, let's go to another st- Stephen. Hello, mate. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm very good indeed, thank you. How are you? I'm absolutely fine. Up a little bit early, but I'm doing fine. What's your name? Keith. Keith, I'm Paul. Oh, you're... I'm Paul, but get called Stephen is my setting name. But I tell the guy, my name is Stephen, but I like to get called Paul sometimes. I can see why you thought it listening back, because yeah, the definitely. rhythm of it is very similar, yeah. but... Let's hear, let's hear the, the infamous, um, I'm sure you've heard this a million times, karaoke, join in if you know the words. <laughs> I'm phoning, you know, about Craig Brown's selection for the Scotland squad. Y- yep. I, um, he must know that Hearts have got a good team. We, we get Colin Cameron in the squad, mm-hmm. Stephen Presley. Yep. I just don't know why for at least three seasons he's been ignoring Antinemi. Antinemi? Aye, I don't know why he doesn't get a game. <laughs> for Scotland? Aye. He's from Finland. He's what? He's Finnish, isn't he? He's not finished. He's only 28. No, not finished. He's from Finland. What do you mean? 
That's where he, he, his nationality is f- Finnish. He's from Finland. He's not Scottish? No. Oh, I thought he was Scottish. Not the same bloke, I think it's fair to say, Andy. Wouldn't you say oh, listening same, to that? No, same bloke for me. You are kidding. You're listening no, to those I, two and you think that's the same person? Yes, I do. Yeah. We can have a vote, a talk sport poll. <laughs> <laughs> With about four minutes left. The same bloke. He's, he's, he's just uh, he's brushing that one out. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from talk sport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. You can make your own mind up as to whether... That was the same guy in the Anthony Niemi clip. I'm not having it, but Andy stands by it. Thanks for uh, listening as always. We'll catch up with you soon. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.